That's okay. The best gifts at my my uh, company quote company uh, Christmas party were alcohol. There was a big bottle of Kahlua. There was a big thing of uh, Crown. There was that bottle of that bottle of Bullet Rye that I had sitting around that I took. Those were like the gifts that got stolen over and over. So David's alcoholism would fit right in at PPS. Everything <laughs> I every, everything I, I got that. for Christmas was drinking related. It's all superhero <laughs> themed bottle openers and freezer mugs for beer and all that stuff. That is good. Not good. <laughs> Wait, so those are all drinking apparatus and utensils. Did you get actual alcohol then as well? Well, no, we already have that in the house. I don't. No, there's, any, there's, a, don't there's any plenty of that. Of that. <laughs> we have alcohol in abundance. Just, don't worry. I got you see the vessel. Yeah. yeah, that's what it <laughs> is. Other than the bottle itself to drink from. Because <laughs> yep. we're not unsophisticated. Damn it. We're classy. We're so classy. <laughs> so nice. classy. All right. Let's dive into this one so that David can get his uh, alcoholism on. His drink on. I, we, we're such a terrible example for people, I swear. <laughs> we are. Um, but welcome to the Nurtrick Podcast, everybody. I am Jeff, and I'm here with David the Lush. Hey, guys. And Phil. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, but more importantly than that, because because everyone hears hears our voices repeatedly we have a guest with us today welcome lewis hello thanks for having me of course no thanks for being here um i so i have to say this first because i um after joining tiktok i found a lot of people that like you know you find like all kind of all the nerdy people um i like yours because like you always first of all because you do you teach music right yes all right. And I was, I was in band in high school. So I played trumpet and I played tuba. So that appealed to like okay. my music nerdydom. Um, <laughs> but then the other ones I like too, is where you're like, you sneak in, uh, nerdy music into like your, uh, church band. Sure. Yeah. yeah those I've are great. <laughs> I was like those, like you've snuck in like Star Trek or like a Jurassic Park, I think too. Right. Yeah. Jurassic Park was the video that blew up i didn't really think it would it was just kind of a joke that i had with the other members of the church band and i was like this works i'm gonna do it and i put it on tiktok and it got like a couple million views i guess a lot of people thought it was funny oh my gosh uh, it doesn't happen very often just yeah you just have no idea what's gonna what the algorithm's gonna do exactly blew it up that's so cool yeah that's awesome yeah and and especially like i like your uh, your band ones. Cause I, cause like I said, I, I'm a band nerd at heart. So full, sure, full marching are, band nerd. Those are fun to make. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're very accurate too, from, from what I remember from band. I mean, that was over 20 years ago, but yeah, it yeah. is. It's kind of funny and I'm sure it's true for like every profession, but uh, you know, just the things that happen in a school band in one town are the same things that happen like just everywhere. So, oh yeah, it, it's fun. It's funny to see people go. Oh yeah, the, the trumpet players are like that in my band too. And it's just, <laughs> it's just universal. This is how everyone is. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, let's start with this. So, how did? Um, so, obviously, we're here to talk about Star Trek. Um, how what? did you get into Star Trek? What? That's what we do. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think uh, personally, I got into Star Trek mostly because of my mom. Mm. She was a huge fan of the original series. And, uh, I think when I was whatever age, I, I don't remember what year this was, but, uh, we were watching Voyager on TV 
pretty much regularly. And that was a, a favorite series of mine. Um, I kind of missed the next generation in deep space nine. Like they were on TV, but I didn't watch it regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Voyager really got me into it. Uh, I watched a few of the, um, original movies, a few of the next generation movies, and then the, the newer, uh, like JJ Abrams, JJ ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, enjoyed those. And then, yeah, recently I- I've really been enjoying discovery and, lower decks and i watched a little bit of prodigy with uh, with uh, my son too that that show is actually mm. pretty fun it's so, pretty good right yeah uh, i'm kind of interested in where it goes yeah it seems like it's laying down a pretty or i guess it's more of a plot than maybe like the cartoons i grew up with because i you know like after watching gi joe or you know ninja turtles the plot for prodigy seems like a lot more in depth than just like a cartoon yeah. cartoon yeah there's definitely an overarching theme that they're working towards and a, I don't know they're building a lot of char- character development which yeah is pretty sophisticated for a cartoon so yeah I, I think it's a, a cool show that's cool though that it started with your mom and then you and then you're watching it with your son like such oh, yeah, a generational absolutely. thing become yeah. generational now yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely generational um, I think for like a lot of our guests we've had, it's, it's always like there was like an uncle or a grandparent or someone, it was always like a generational thing. Uh, that seems to be the other case for most of the part. Yeah. And I, I think I saw something on TikTok where like Gene Roddenberry was talking about just how Star Trek was his vision of you, of a utopia for the planet earth. And I think it's that, that hopefulness that really connects people and draws people in. Mm-hmm. kind of thing where people want to show it to their family members and their kids and say, you know, I grew up with this. You're going to want to grow up with this too. So yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Star Trek has that ability. I think it's really cool. Absolutely. Well, especially if, if hopefully if enough people have that hope and then we can build something better, eventually we'll get there. Maybe. Right. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I definitely like, think that's this... a part of it, but I honestly, I think especially back then just finding a show that parents and adults or kids and adults can watch together and both enjoy was so rare too. <laughs> that this oh, is one that, of those ones where they're true. like, we can watch this together. Yeah. Like I don't have to suffer through your horrible little cartoon and you don't have to close your eyes. <laughs> half the time I'm watching my show. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so any favorite, I mean, so it sounds like you've kind of seen a smattering of, of, of all the series and films and all that. Do you have a favorite, uh, series? I think right now my favorite series is discovery. Okay. And, um, I've really been enjoying the storylines, not so much the, these past two seasons, but I really like season one and two, uh, of discovery and, yeah. I think part of part of that is the story. Part of that is you know just how they go into different parts of the, um, I don't know the culture, the mythology of Star Trek or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it's one of the newer shows, and the the graphics and the CGI are just like incredible. Yeah, production quality uh, is amazing. Yeah, yeah was, there was this huge battle at the end of season two, and I I swore I was like this must be the series finale because they threw <laughs> all the money everything everything into this. <laughs> epic looking space battle and i i was just blown away by how much this tv show was drawing me into yeah. um you know just their graphics and, and their imagery and everything like that but uh, yeah i've really enjoyed that show 
as of late. And like I said before, Voyager is still um, one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Uh, good picks. Yeah. Huh? Disco is, um, it's been a, a wild ride with disco for good and bad, but it, it's, it's definitely, uh, I like Michael's journey from the beginning until now. And she's been a good yeah. ca- captain, I think. Um, but it's definitely, a, I, I think it's a good flagship. And then that way, you know, you can branch off and get like, you know, strange new worlds and lower decks and up a card and you kind of get like a little f- flavor for everybody. Good uh, show. Yeah. yeah. Any favorite captain or favorite characters? Uh, my favorite characters definitely Tuvok. Okay. <laughs> so just as a as as a as a as a black kid, seeing a black Vulcan really like spoke to me. Definitely a, a little bit of re- representation there, and I've always been mm-hmm. very. I don't know, just Vulcan-like in the way I do things. Um, <laughs> yeah. So those are always the characters that I, I draw, I, I, uh, I, I'm attracted to the the Vulcans, the uh, you know Data, any anyone yeah. that is just like putting logic above everything else. Um, you know, Michael Burnham was doing that for a while, but she gets she gets heated as well. So not as much with her, but uh, yeah. I can see that. Those are my favorite. As far as Captain goes, um, yeah, I'm really not sure. And and, and you, <laughs> when you told me about this, you you told me that I'd probably have to answer this question. And I, <laughs> nope, I, that's all right. I like, yeah, I, I agonized regular part of the interrogation. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have a hard time picking a favorite, really. Just and that's okay. You can have from like series to series. Yeah. Well, and, and each one of them is so unique too, because that's how I am. Like, yeah, Captain Picard will always be number one, but each of the captains from all the different series all have different, really strong attributes that I identify with. So yeah. it's like whether you're talking about Cisco or Janeway or anybody, it's like, oh yeah, well this and this I really like about them, or this and this I really like about them, and it's it's really hard. It's like picking a favorite kid. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, and I think. I mean, yeah, kind of like what Phil said, uh, up a card will always be my favorite just because that's, I grew up on TNG. Um, but yeah, Janeway's great. I, I haven't seen a lot of DS9, so I'm I'm really curious, especially going into DS9 through the podcast as an adult, like what, you know, what you can pick up now and kind of what you can re- relate to now that you might not have gotten when you were like 13. Sure. Yeah, and, and Cisco's arc through the series is one of the, better ones from the captains just mm. from where he starts out as the commander and everything he goes through with the Bajorans and being the prophet and how he analyzes everything. And then as soon as he shaves his head, it's like his character <laughs> that was it. does a 90 degree turn and goes a different direction. And it's really interesting how it evolves as he becomes captain and then the defiant comes on. It's, it's pretty interesting. Why is it always the hairstyle? Like as soon as Janeway's hair settled down too, it was it, like it changed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like a hair thing. Yep. 100%. <laughs> Same thing with Michael Burnham. She when she went from like the short hair to like the long yeah, braids, the long, her character yeah. turned too. Changed in disco. I'm, I'm noticing a trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Riker Riker went the other way. He went from baby face Riker to growing out the, the beard. beard. That's and all of a sudden you got like yeah. So if someone in Star Trek whole episode on this, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we could. <laughs> so if someone in Star Trek has like a radical either facial hair or or like hairstyle change, then like something's, something's up. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> right on. Well, no, uh, uh, thank you, Lewis, for, for doing this. I, um, no, this is going to be fun. Hopefully. Sure, sure. Hopefully. No one's complained yet, or at least no one's complained to our faces yet. So <laughs> we'll <fine>. see. <laughs> All right. We are going to dive into this one. What are we doing today? So we are doing uh, Times Arrow Part 1. Uh, so this is uh, TNG Season 5, Episode 26, this is the season finale, original air date June 13th, 1992. Um, and I know I already know what David's going to say, because apparently we've been talking this up for a long time. And then I'm sure David's <laughs> going to watch it and go, this is crap. Yeah, he, that's what he always says. Anytime we talk an episode up or really go hard on an episode, he's like, this is crap. I hate this thing. Especially because it involves time travel as well. It is not crap. I don't hate it. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> there we'll are some issues All right. Let's go. In there, but we'll cover that as we go. <laughs> there's some issues, but there's always issues. I don't um, care. So the general plot of this one is um, they head back to Earth. They discover Data's head is like 500 years old in a cave in San Francisco. They go exploring. They find out that these aliens are time traveling to like 1800 San Francisco and stealing humans to feed these aliens and Hilarity ensues. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> it kind of is. And this is a good Guinan episode, too. I love Guinan yeah. in, in, in these episodes. This She's continues like, to prove my theory. If Guinan is in the episode, it's usually really strong. That's good. Mm-hmm. Especially this one. All right. Let's start with our guests. So, Lewis, what, um, have you seen uh, uh, this one before? I'm sure you have. Uh, I hadn't seen this one before. Uh, oh, really? Before you asked me to come on. Like I said, I hadn't watched much uh, uh, TNG, so this was uh, new for me, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And honestly, I think one of the things that I like about The Next Generation and just older Star Trek is uh, I feel like with Discovery and Voyager, there are these huge plots about you know trying to get out of the Delta Quadrant or you know trying to where they do in, in discovery, you know, trying to get out of the mirror universe. They have all of these uh, huge plots going on. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the episode to episode thing that, that uh, the next generation does where it just, it just feels more relaxed. They're just handling this one thing right now. And yeah. um, I, I think my, my overall feeling of the episode was uh, it reminded me of Dr. Who. Okay. Uh, just <laughs> kind of, yeah. with, the, with the time travel and, uh, you know, the mysterious aliens who are in the past. Lack uh, of stealing. Sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. T- uh, t- right, timey-wimey right. stuff. Timey-wimey. Yeah, it was very timey-wimey. So, um, yeah, the, the whole time I was watching part one, um, I was like, yeah, this definitely feels, definitely feels like Doctor Who. You know, some... Random machine data is like, oh, I'm the only one that knows how to operate this machine. I can change the time variant in this cave. And I'm like, none of this makes any sense, but this is still fun to watch. Yeah. And, um, but, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the episode. And, uh, um, I'm going to try not to talk about part two because I watched that as well. But, uh, I was going to ask you because we, really we, like we only, we only, we only forced you to watch part one. I was going to ask you if you watch part two as well. <laughs> I haven't even yeah. seen part two yet. So, sh- no spoilers um no it's but but it's funny what you said about how like you know data is the only one that can do this and then they go to laforge and, and they're like jordy can you see and he's like oh it's gonna be so hard i don't know how i can do it and he goes oh i did it I did <laughs> yeah it. yeah 
fixed it. That's what I love. He's like, this is going to be really tough. And Picard's like, we'll make it so. Like, just do it. Do it. Just shut just up, Jordy. Do it. Jordy's like, okay. That's why he's a great captain, right? That's right. And then that's why Jordy's like, like the best gonna. engineer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. They could have shown him struggling maybe a little bit. <laughs> but Scotty like, had a point about like giving the right amount of, um, of what do you call it? Oh, maybe oh, yeah. we haven't gotten to that yet, but he talks about looking like a miracle worker. Yeah. You yeah. always double your yeah. estimate time. You're like, oh, it'll take four <laughs> hours, but I'll get it done in two. <laughs> yep. He's much. like, how am I supposed to look like a miracle worker then? He's like, I, what? <laughs> no, just do it. That's <laughs> uh, actually how long it's going to take. Um, the other thing I kind of noticed watching this one again is that basically, um, they send Worf just to kind of go back up to the ship. And I think the only reason they did it was because they don't want to have to explain how Worf looks when they travel back in time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't just put a hat on him like you do with like Spock or something. Yeah. <laughs> that horrible beanie he had on to like hold his ears down. <laughs> oh, in the original series. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Well, I mean, now that you mentioned that, I, I remember thinking, I thought it was weird that no one was reacting to data more than they were mm. in, in the 19th century. Yeah, they just called him a Frenchman. I'm like, he he's looks, a pale Frenchman. Yeah, he He's a weird color, you know, he's not just pale. It's it's like, <laughs> well, he's like yellow like, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why the other guy that was like, oh, from the East. Color. Oh, and his jammies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's just very high fashion. That's what it is. That's it. Yeah. yeah exactly. Plus you got to remember back in the 1800s, there wasn't photos. People hadn't seen these people from other lands. There's and, photos. Well, that's why, not really. Like they're black they're and white. Newspapers. If you're lucky. Uh, but they, you don't have the information that we have where it's like, Oh, what does a person from the East look like? Okay. That's what they look like. They just see something that's weird. And they're like, Oh, you must be a Frenchman. Like he's foreign. <laughs> he just goes with the assumption. I was fine with that one. I'm like, it's, yeah, that's close enough. He's speaking he English. They don't care. Up. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. When he knows French, when the guy speaks French to him. So it, yeah. When, it when Frederick LaRoque starts talking in French, he's like, Oh, bonjour. <laughs> The, the thing that always gets me is whenever someone in no matter what movie it is and they just they're trying to disguise where they're from and they just say that they're French or something. I immediately think Coneheads. And they're like, oh, yeah, France. France. We're from France. We're from France. <laughs> that's, that's what I always remember. <laughs> oh, I love Coneheads. But people just accept it, even though they have like three foot heads. That's funny. Yeah. They're like, all right, well, I guess that explains it. It's weird. And that sounds weird. So <laughs> they just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else so I always like to so this after watching um, City on the Edge of Forever you know I see a lot of parallels between that one and TOS to this one because um, immediately you know Data goes back they try to he tries to form some sort of technology I mean we don't know what it is yet but then that, that makes me think of like when in City on the Edge of Forever when they go back in time and Spock's trying to build that thing to like see how time has changed and what they're doing back oh. there. It kind of had the same vibe for me. Like, you know, they're, they're kind of undercover, but they're trying to communicate and figure out this, you know, mystery. And I think he did the same thing. Oh, I'm an inventor. And it kind of explained why you've got this weird thing you're patching together that they don't <laughs> recognize an inventor. <laughs> that's really good at poker. Yeah. <laughs> that was the funny part. It's like, Oh, poker. And I'm like, ah, finally the poker playing on the enterprise actually ties into something. It makes sense. And then he's well, able to stack the deck, so he can. Uh, he can. Yeah, it still doesn't explain why they play poker in a society with no money, but still, 
<laughs> just for fun. <laughs> Have you tried playing you poker with no actual betting? It's it's not fun for long. Like, <laughs> well, there's right. no stakes. You yeah, just exactly. go all in on every hand and. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just uh, replicate some uh, some new chips. You're yeah, fine. We're more right. sophisticated by the 24th century. Yeah. Boring is still boring. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> boring. Boring has nothing to do with sophistication. <laughs> Something about him being an inventor, though, um, that I don't know if it bothered me because I don't know enough about this to call call him out on it. But can you really make whatever technology he's making? With parts from the 1800s, like, well, I, I mean, I, I would imagine I the list. Feel like, I would imagine the list he sent probably was a lot of raw materials that you can make stuff out of if you know the processes that they don't know yet. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe but, he didn't seem to have many <laughs> tools on him. He had his phaser. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, true. I, 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 I so with all about that, <laughs> it looked like he had a pretty good energy beam going though in his little apparatus in the first episode. It kind of reminds me of Back to the Future 3, where he has to rebuild the DeLorean using the 80s parts, and it's like a big wood <laughs> box with the big glass transistors and stuff. Like, could you? Maybe? But <laughs> it's going to look funky funky as hell. But <laughs> no. Right. I don't know. I think... Um... Well, because I think doesn't he pull parts out of himself to do some of it too? I don't remember. Or is that a different? That's probably a different episode. Different episode. Maybe. Shh. Sorry. I was say, if he does, we don't see it, but it would. Track. Yeah, I don't remember that happening. Yeah, it probably wasn't. I don't think in the in part one, I don't think they explain what he's making. It's some sort of like a track or a uh, tracks the signal of the time travel or something. Yeah, they don't. They don't explain it. Um, they don't explain so it. Yeah, we have to wait till the second episode. I would assume yeah. it was some kind of temporal shifting machine to sh- track them back that point four point oh four seconds yeah, milliseconds or whatever of a second yeah or something yeah well no and, and for the most part with the time travel stuff they actually did pretty good this episode except for a giant gleaming paradox in the very beginning of it does anybody yes, know what, David. It, what it was what David anyone anyone no. please just tell us so it's. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same problem that a lot of time travel stuff steps in is you can't have the reason they go back in time be because of something from when they went back in time. You can't yeah, enter you can. the loop if you can't enter it's... the loop from the inside. No, because it creates an initial paradox because if they do it and then it happens, now you're in a loop. If they didn't don't well, do it's it, it's the grandfather it makes paradox. It, makes it go back. Well, yeah, it's, it, anything that interacts with either the past selves or starts the loop by something they supposedly already did. It causes a paradox. It doesn't work. Technically, you'd have to enter the time loop from outside sources and then get into it that way. Because if, if, like he says, if his, if his destiny, it's just a TV show, man. It's just a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you all. I hate you all. You're you're welcome. We love you, David. You uncultured swine. But no, I I do kind of say that when Picard and Data are in the ready room, and Captain Picard is like yeah i want you here and he's like well you can't prevent what's going to happen it's it's happened it's going to happen it's already happened mm. and he's like well i can sure as hell try or whatever he says and then like two minutes later he ends up sending data down to the surface anyways <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like well that lasted long way to go picard <laughs> just well that is always the two theories you either have to do something to make it happen because what happens if he prevents him like what if he hadn't sent data 
well, now they don't find the head. Now they're not on this mission. Not like it completely reverts itself. And if they're not on this mission, then supposedly whatever happened before to make Data's head show would happen again. And now you go back and forth and back and forth forever. That's a paradox. Then it creates an alternate <laughs> timeline. And then we know how that branches off. So, so I've got to go backwards a second. Did either of you guys go, whoa, it's Data's head when they got down to the to the cavern and they're like, we've been recalled to sector 001 and Picard's like, well, this is all great, but why are we here? And he's like, oh, I need to show you this. Yes. This freaking yeah. Data's head just laying there. Yeah. On the the lead. <laughs> I was laughing at the, the, the drama of it. Like, I know why the show did it that way, but I was like, why would this guy call him into that cave and say, hey, look, there's an old watch. Hey, look, there's this. Okay, why am I, why are we here? Oh, yeah. Here's your oh, yeah. friend's head. By the way, we got Data's <laughs> head over here. Head. Under the, uh, we put it under <laughs> a blanket, though, so it'll be yeah. okay. That should have been in the transmission. <laughs> that, that shouldn't have been this reveal. You got to come take a look at this. Uh, it's just like it's just like when your friend it's just like when your friend calls you up and he's like dude you got to see this you got to see this and you're like what you're like no 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 i i, I can't do it i know you got to come here and see this right like you were not going to believe this so i was just laughing yeah i was laughing at the guy i was like why would you say it like this yeah <laughs> that's true well especially because they're, they're probably off exploring some you know god unknown parts of the of space and like oh by the way come all the way home for this one thing right. that we won't tell you about. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have to show you. We can't tell you. Everybody's yeah, all happy. You're like, image. oh, we get to go back yeah, to Earth. Yeah. Yay. Well, why have you brought us home? <laughs> because, look. <laughs> right. Sure, leave is over. Let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but they did a really good job of giving Data the appropriate reaction to it, I think, too, as an android. Because we all would think the same thing. Like, oh, it would bother him. It would start making his head want to explode like some kind of Kirk computer paradox thing that would blow up but he's like no it's comforting it makes me feel like there's a finality to my life which makes what i do kind of worth more and more human like and stuff like that because i know that's been debated before is like if you had immortality in a way would anything you do matter like it death ending your life makes what you do have purpose (laughs) yeah i like that they had that point of view for him yeah there's some different yeah, and they they made it pretty clear in talking about, oh, yeah, well, I always, I figured, just the, the way he says it to him, he's like, oh, yeah, well, I figured once you guys died, I'd just make new friends. And yeah. then they yep. die, and, and I'd make die. new friends after that. And then I'd outlive them, too. <laughs> like, this is horrifying, but he's like, no, it's logical. Like, that's what'll happen. You, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's uh, almost every immortal character that you see in literature has hit a point where they're like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, I'm done with this. Done. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done everything there is to do. I'm either bored or I don't care about what I'm doing or whatever. Or right. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Good. That's, that's their origin story. <laughs> nice. Um, let's talk about Guinan a little bit in this one. She's, I always love Guinan. She's good. Yeah. Um, but I like too, is how that talk with, uh, up a card basically saying like, uh, nudge, nudge, you have to go down. Cause this is, like, oh, do you remember how we first met? Well, that's not really where we first met, or we never will we're, if you don't go. If you don't go, yeah. Which is kind of back into that that time loop again. Like, oh, this is because now you think about it. Like, they only met because, um, or she meets up a card eventually, obviously, and then eventually, as time goes, you know, five hundred years later, then she knows to meet him again because they already met. 
which that kind of hurts mm-hmm. your head. <laughs> well, no, that's because it's impossible. Yeah, that's more that Doctor it's Who the paradox. Yeah. yeah. It's another well, paradox. You can't well, have the initiating event be from the result of another initiating event. But. Well, speaking of Doctor Who, it's that's kind of how I feel like how River Song is. She meets the 10th oh, yeah, Doctor. It's, it's a River Song thing. Yeah, basically, yeah. She meets the, right. the the 10th Doctor on the day she dies, but then he knows going forward yep. and then her entire life. So, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> They're just ripping each other off at this point. It's weird. 30 years apart. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the one thing that kind of bothered me is, like, Time they get Data's here. head and they don't try to activate it again. Like, I was, I mean, I know something happens later, but it's like, if you got his head, wouldn't you try to turn it back on? I thought right. that's when he was checking say, it over. That figured hey, that's what, what they were trying to do. Like, but he said the decomp of whatever metals he had inside had fallen apart. And, oh, but I mean, they have replicators, but who knows? Maybe it's a rare metal you can't replicate or something like that. But I think you'd be able to like whip up the parts to get it working again somehow. I would think even they if, could. I don't know. Well, even and if he I had think to spread were... his head over a table or something, but get it like <laughs> operational. Well, and I think they were more in the discovery slash investigation phase at that point too. They were just trying to figure out, okay, is this really Data's head? If so, how long has it been there? Where did it come mm. from? That kind of thing. I don't think they had gotten to the yeah. point where like, hey, we should fire this thing up and save it boots again. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you think did, after Data did, got did turn, lost, let's have two of them. Yeah. Right. Did you did you turn Data's head off and then turn it back on again? <laughs> it's the longest reboot. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I should not have to make a 500 year tech support call. After Data disappears, instead of hey Jordy, can you get Data's head to turn on? You know, a piece of tech he's familiar with. They're like, hey Jordy, can you copy this time travel thing phase out bit that Data was the only one who could do? Like, wouldn't it make more sense to turn? Yeah, get his head working and ask no. him again, or at least try to. Well, yeah. I was, they they kind of had a conversation about how they needed to focus on the aliens and less on data so that's probably part of it yeah that was the big concern we need to Mm. yeah we need to figure out why these aliens are are doing what they're doing especially after deanna kind of freaked out a bit and was like oh my god well they're human yeah yeah um although I'm kind of wondering, not not to side with the aliens, and obviously we, we just watched part one. You're going to defend the aliens here, really? A smidge, but <laughs> they that that okay. So there is a death in this episode. They kill the, this old 49er, but he's dying of like t- tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't. Well, he died I don't, back in the 1800s. I don't condone them <laughs> killing him, but it's like at least they're attacking dying people. It's not as bad, maybe. <laughs> okay, Doctor Death. So is this just a mercy killing then, or what is this? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I kind of get su- but... assisted suicide, or is that what we're, no. we're proponents of now? No, I mean that's what a lot of serial killers do too. They they find people that no one will miss. Yeah, that's like uh, like so, a Dexter serial killer. Like, like a... Yep. Well, plus, I mean, again, I'm not siding with them, but it's like, yeah, they're, they're traveling 200 years ago. But then I wonder if like, is that changing history? Like what if this, they did kill somebody who could have been somebody butterfly effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that's always a risk, but, well, but yeah, if you're dying, if, if, if you're killing minor, the two dying of tuberculosis was... on the side of the road, the risk is low. He was going to be dead like, later <laughs> too anyways. So. Probably. Yeah, I felt bad for him, especially. So I, I probably haven't watched this this episode in, in a long time, but watching it now, I'm like, I felt really bad for him. 
And then I picked up on more of the conversation he has with data. Basically, he's saying like, here's the 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 tips and tricks to get money off people, but you mm-hmm. got to find a different right. street because this is my street. And right. I I, yeah. I never got that before. I don't know why. Oh, really? Well, I never paid attention. I was oh, okay. stupid. Okay. That's fine. That's valid. That's valid. Thanks. Thanks for validating my, my You're stupidity. Welcome. <laughs> I'm Appreciate here for that. your support. It's okay. Good. Um. But no, okay. I, I don't know. David, I thought this was a good episode. David, did how long did it take you to pick up on who the bellhop was? They haven't said. No, but by his name, they they've they've given his first name. What David was his Jackson. first name? Jack. He's not going to know. They don't no. say it until the next one. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know. I was no. curious if he picked up on it or not. Is that going to be? The, it's not or, a big thing. Well, it's, it's interesting. Dad's though. name it's was tie- Jack, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, not related. Who's that, dad's that's name? Not, that's not Wesley. Wesley's dad. I was gonna say, is it gonna be like Wesley's oh. dad's great grandfather, great 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 grandfather, or something? No, no, it's it's another historical figure. That's connected all. by first name. Oh, well, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, but speaking of historical figures, we we get to meet uh, Samuel Clemens, yep. um, which I don't know if you know. So uh, the actor who did it in the, the in these two episodes, he actually after this he went on like a whole one man show thing in 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 uh, real life and did like a whole Mark Twain show. Oh, that's interesting. I saw an interview where he said he did a lot of studying on Twain's writing and stuff and his mannerisms to for the part. Yeah, but that's really interesting to know he he did he would took it a step further even. Huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because oh, especially T and G, they don't they don't interact with historical figures too often. Yeah, not that much. Yeah, uh, not like TOS. Re- did you recognize Frederick LaRoque, Who that was? No. Mark Alamino, who plays Goldicott, amongst other characters. Oh. I think I think this is like oh. the, I think this is his second of like five roles he's played on Star Trek shows. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, that's the guy who speaks French to him at the yeah poker the, game. Oh, oh he's got like a, yeah, he's got like a whole hair and like mustache mm-hmm. and everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. Um, so David, make sure you add the one death to our death tracker. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> Help out of mine. So we are we are counting him, even though he died in like eighteen something. It's a death that we it's... see on screen that's pivotal to the plot. So yes, and it was caused right. by the aliens. So yes, fair. So All right. So that brings us to sixteen fifty and TOS deaths, five thousand and four Borg deaths, <laughs> and one thousand or seventeen thousand eight hundred and fifty three TNG deaths for a total of twenty four thousand five hundred and seven souls lost in Star Trek thus far. Nice. It's a lot. <laughs> the wave it, of blood in the it future. Ends up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we get a few more. Uh, well, especially going into season six. I'm sure yeah. we will. I was going to say, no more this season. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, what else happens in this one? Um, I don't know. I was like a good time travel episode. I, I, I love, I love like, by, by the time this ended, I was like, really? This is the, okay. They're mm-hmm. holding that snake thing, and that's supposed to be like the big cliffhanger end. I was like, okay, like I feel like this part one needed to have more to it. Well, everybody, like was, everybody walks like through enough. the opening. It's like, yeah, I just and I get that. I just didn't feel like it was a solid half. I was like, the second half better have a lot more in it. <laughs> I think their two parters tend to be a bit back heavy, but all the resolution yeah. all 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 the big stuff happens in part two 
usually. Yeah, this episode as a season cliffhanger, not amazing, but as just a two-parter episode, or even if they made it like a supersized, like 90-minute commercial-free episode, like if it was released on Paramount Plus today as as just like a full-length episode, it's all Mm. an hour and a half long, this would be an amazing, just big episode. Well, I think the mystery still is... There was no danger. Yeah. Yeah. There was no danger in like... When they walk through the portal, like like everyone is fine by the end of the episode. You're not worried about anyone. You're not wondering yeah, it's, it's, how they're going to solve like this problem. Yeah, they're not mm-hmm. going to kill off somebody between seasons or anything well, like that. So. But isn't the mystery still Data's head? So Data dies, but it's not like... Well, yeah. And back in the day when this was the season cliffhanger, I remember watching it and being like, <gasps> what's going to happen? It's, it's like, you know, okay, they're walking through this portal... So they're going to end up in San Francisco somehow. And it, it's more of like the, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now that basically three quarters of the bridge crew minus Worf, I guess the entire bridge right. crew minus Worf is all stuck in San Francisco now. And yeah, let's... like poor Worf's just like, mm-hmm, I got the bridge. All right, we're good. <laughs> Who does that too? Ray like, Shields, let me blow something just... up. I don't know. They just lose their entire bridge crew, like everybody, like yeah. the doctor, the engineer, their, their even their ship's counselor is just gone. That is the yeah. worst. Like they learned from TOS. away mission. <laughs> so and it, all and of our most and it's weird because like Guinan's up in Ten Ford, <laughs> but yet she's in San Francisco hosting a, an event where Samuel Clemens is being an asshole. I don't know. <laughs> it's being doing that. But yeah. <laughs> I also well, like the line strong. that Worf says. Worf says this, and they don't really discuss it again. But Worf is like, "What if we died in that cave too? Mm. Like our oh, remains yeah. would be gone mm-hmm. by now." And Riker was just like, huh, "True, <laughs> true." And then he, like, just moves on. Like that's a neat thought. Know, Off like, we go. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a point there, Worf. Beam down all the equipment. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one's listening to Worf when he actually has like a good idea. Like the one's like, take hmm. some. That sucks. Like when he, like, him, he should have muttered under his breath, we should blow up the warp core. <laughs> like Shaxx. <Jax. laughs> blow something up. I think Worf and Shaxx would get along very well. Oh, They're very kindred they, spirits. It would be they very are. energetic, very loud conversations, but they would be brothers for sure. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just yelling back and forth. <laughs> Probably. Um that is kind of a good point. I, like what you said about, you know, I think at the time this was kind of like, oh, yeah, the cliffhanger, they all disappeared, Data's head. But you watch it now and you're kind of like, yeah, I guess there isn't a lot of danger. It's just kind of they'll figure it out. Yeah, that's why that's why I think as, as a single episode today, it would be great. Back then, mm-hmm. it's yeah, nobody's going to die. There wasn't any weird contract stuff going on, so they didn't need to kill off anybody between seasons. No well, cash but we changes. Don't know. Well, really... but you wouldn't know that back then. Like, no, I and that's, what, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now that, now that we know that this works better, it's just a supersize episode. Back then, it was a whole yeah. bunch of different stuff was happening. So it's like, oh, what's happening? Oh, this is great. But at the same time, DS9 is coming on and, and really picking up steam fast. So people are wondering, well, how much longer are they going to drag TNG on if they've mm. got Deep Space Nine and is, full swing? Is DS9 out at this point in yeah. in 92? I don't remember yeah. when DS9 came on. 91. Okay. So it's like, yeah, second or first or second season. First or second season, but it's, and it's picking a popularity really fast. So yeah. I, I, and I think Michael Pillar or somebody did an interview and they, he talks about that. We wanted to show that, no, this TNG is still going strong. So we wanted 
a, a storyline to kind of match that. So the time travel and mm. having having Guinan involved in both par- parts and everything. It's yeah. Okay. This is one of my this is one of my go to like rewatch episodes. If I want something like oh yeah, I want to watch an episode. This is this is usually one of my go tos. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I love Data's reaction when he's like, he pulls the pastry out of the newspaper and he like looks at it and he kind of flings it to the side. Yeah. And he reads and he sees sees the paper and he sees Guinan's picture and he's like, oh, Guinan. Yeah. So, well, let's, things. let's talk about Guinan a little bit. I mean, so yeah, kind of like what Data says is like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I knew your species lived a long time, but, and all we've ever seen of her is on uh, the Enterprise and we, we, we get tidbits. Like we know that her species uh, um, was invaded by the Borg. We know that she's got a history with Q in some form. Um, but the fact that she's just like leisure cruising to the 1800s earth and she says mm-hmm. something like, Oh, did, 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 uh, did my dad send you? I was like, yeah, is she yeah, like, just like, you, yeah. yeah. Is she like running away as, as a teenager kind of a thing? And she's like, this looks fun. <laughs> well, and there's a good, there's the way a, she said that. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> pictured her like like backpacking through europe like on a, <laughs> like a like right the summer like i feel like that's what she was doing she's like i'm just gonna visit these like this quaint planet and see what's <laughs> going on and you know she's obviously established a name for herself you know she's this you know local celebrity um mm-hmm. just by you know being who she is and it's just uh, uh i think she's just having a good time it's it's uh, yeah. i thought it was a funny scene yeah and no, she definitely has the uh, the personality for it that she Mr. can just pop Data, what, what, yeah. what ship do I know you from? The Enterprise. Is that a clipper ship? What kind of ship is that? <laughs> I always like that line. <laughs> which, it, which is kind of funny because there was a clipper ship named Enterprise. <laughs> so that's true. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's funny. It's like, oh. yeah. well, especially too that she's an alien on yeah. Earth. And so the second that he says like, oh, it's a spaceship. She's like, oh, okay. I, I gotcha. And he and she grabs him and yanks him out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Let's go over here and talk. Good where, friend. Right next to an open window where Samuel Clemens is sitting there. Yeah. I oh. thought for sure, though, he was going to go talk to her and then they were going to have her recognize him. And I, I was about to toss my hat and be like, ah, fucking no. Like, <laughs> like nope, are nope, people nope. just time traveling all over the place? And this is future her going back and remembering this. But yet she told Picard she needed to go and be like, I was about, about to get fed up. <laughs> No, this is just like, younger right. self. Yeah, this is actual Guinan, yeah. Yeah. Just See, but then it makes me think, too, because I, I can't think of a lot of other Star Trek episodes where we see aliens on old Earth. Like, I know that there's a DS9 one where the, like, Quark and the Ferengi are the, like, Roswell aliens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can think of that one. <laughs> but but we don't get a lot of episodes where we see other aliens in, like, visiting our actual earth history. So like, I, I just wonder now, like, is there like a men in black thing where there's just aliens <laughs> roaming around and we don't know about it? I don't know, but it's hilarious because in that episode, Quark and Rom or whoever he's with 
all their universal translators that they have built into their earpieces, they all conk out because of the trans- transition or whatever they do. Mm. So they're sitting there, they're like, they can't understand the humans that are talking to them, and they're just talking to themselves. Meanwhile, it sounds like gibberish to the human guys, <laughs> to the military guys. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so do they explain why Guinan is there in, in the Because pa- I won't lie, when they talked about in the beginning of the episode about, oh, we found evidence of aliens being on Earth in the 1800s, and then Data goes back and she's an alien on Earth in the 1800s, I thought her race was going to be the people that are doing the weird feeding to the humans. No, she just happened to be there unrelated. Yeah. Oh, okay. She, she's on vacation. Because why tie that together? That wouldn't make any sense. Vacay. Yeah, I think, well, no, I, I think like like what Lewis said, she's just there and it's just probably just a coincidence. She's just backpacking. Yeah, yeah and there was a yeah. book that came out <laughs> called Oblivion and it kind of talks about her initial meeting with captain picard when he was still captain of the stargazer and that kind of stuff it's a pretty good book yeah if you if you want if you're interested in some more guinan backstory yeah other than what we get other than what we get in generations yeah i'm curious how it's going to factor in when she's on a up a card if they're going to because because her and q are in the next season of that like i wonder how they're going to yeah tie that up some somehow i don't know yeah i'm looking forward to that it'll be good yeah and that comes out a couple months I'm excited. Not soon enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So this episode kind of ends. Yeah. They, the whole bridge crew basically goes through the portal and then it's like to be continued and that's it. Ta-da. Cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we just have the one death. Um, let's do Dave. What's your Dave meter on this one? It's always so hard to Dave meter half of an episode, but um <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of a hole you got to do, but. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I did like this so far. It's intriguing. I, I kind of just took my time travel brain part in the paradox. And I was like, all right, well, we started off that way. Everybody does that. We're just going to leave that aside. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it is an interesting one. And it brings up the whole debate of fate. If something's happened in the future, can you change it? Do you Are you locked into doing that? And I've seen a lot of them. Uh, a lot of shows or sci-fi take one way where they literally do everything they can and it ends up coming back to the same result or other ones where they can change it and everything changes drastically. So I'm curious to see how this one goes, but having done that, I'm going to put this at a six and a half. I liked it, but it's not uh, maybe combined with the second half. This one could go up, but so so a provisional six and a half then subject to change. provisional six and a half, depending on how how episode (laughs) two part two goes. I think that's fair. Cause yeah, you, cause like I said, I think a lot of these two parters are, are more a back heavy. You get a lot more in the second one, you know, action and plot and all that. So yeah, for sure. When this one is, it's all set up in the first half, like to hopefully pay off later. A lot of the other ones, they at least have part of a story completed in the first half. And then like, they have to resolve something else or something like that. So yeah. that's true. Lewis, what'd you think about this one? Since this is your first time watching it. Um, well, I mean, I'll just say to, just to prepare for this, I watched part one and then part two. Okay. And then I watched part one again, just to make sure I was like, because <laughs> right, I forgot where, where one story stopped and, and the other one continued. And, um, yeah, I can I can see how part one is just not as engaging because when I remembered the episode, the story as a whole, I liked it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this one was fun. This was interesting. I liked I like Data's story. I like the um, I just like the plot as a whole. I think 
there's a lot of fun stuff that happens. Um, it's like pretty much all in part two. <laughs> like part, it is part, part one is a very long and not really an exciting setup. <laughs> and um, I'm sure if I had watched it at the time, you know, in, in the early nineties, I would have been like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to see what happens next. I'm, I'm annoyed that I have to wait a few months for the series, for the season <laughs> premiere. But, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, there, there's not a lot going on in part one uh, to talk about. I think I would have liked to hear more from data about how he felt about the situation. I think the most mm-hmm. interesting part of the episode is the beginning. Uh, um, and it has my favorite line where, where uh, Deanna Troy says that uh, data said in a session or something that my, how do you put it? My, my sensory <laughs> my sensory, it, sensory input or something. is accustomed oh. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, has, <laughs> yeah. It's accustomed to you. Know, accustomed to your sensory input. My, like, I don't remember what the line is, but it's a, it's a great line. I have to go look it up. But you guys are funny. Yeah. Our mental pathways yeah, become accustomed to your to sensory input. Yeah. Lines. My, yes. I, I'm, I'm just saying that to people. It's a great line, <laughs> but uh, yeah, his, him dealing with his mortality and his, um, uh, just finding his own head and examining it. That was that was an interesting part of the episode, and then mm. then it just kind of dies down. But yeah, part two is much more interesting yeah. and engaging, in my opinion. Yeah, and that and that line yeah. about about his mental input pathways becoming accustomed to her sensory inputs. That's a that was in a previous quote. episode. Yeah, that's a direct quote yeah. from that episode after Tasha dies. Oh, okay. that's right. That that's is how, one that's how he describes cool. that's how he describes Tasha's death. Yeah, losing her. Yeah, because I did remember that when he said that, I was like, "That sounds familiar." I know we heard that in another episode. I forgot it was the Tasha, Tasha No Mas episode. Yeah, yeah. Like no, but I, I think you, oh, you're right. Yeah, it's um, uh, part two is definitely where it's just a lot more exciting. It's more fun. You get most of the plot. This is a lot of setup. Um, for Data's plot, and then also Picard and Guinan, and just kind of everything else. It's yeah, it's it's a lot of work up basically yeah big payoff next time yay yeah i know that's why i always hate well i know i i like cliffhangers but it sucks when we do the episodes because you're like well now we gotta wait and do it next week and then it's like <laughs> you can't just watch the two-parter it yeah kills the, way our, the way our seasons break up yeah on the show at the same time i like that a little better because now i'm not judging part one based on part two true because i haven't actually mm. seen it you guys are sure. tainted <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're so tainted. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Um, why are I'm? Uh, I know Phil likes it, so yeah, this is one of my favorites. So yeah, I'm this easy. Is, yeah, and if we're, you do we're, ever watch we're this in again, that part where I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's gonna be a great episode, no matter what you say. <laughs> if it's if it's in like five, six, or seven, it's gonna be an awesome episode for me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's definitely one of those where you just have to watch both parts at once. Like you just you cruise through. You don't just yeah. be like, oh, I'm gonna stop at one. Like no one does that. Who does that? Come on. Yeah craziness horrible um right on well this is uh no i think that that and that's about it for the episode um so let's do this lewis where can people find you on the interwebs um my my screen name is master morgan 317 um tiktok is what i'm on usually that is uh, kind of my favorite social media right now but i also have twitter and instagram um and people are welcome to follow me there too 
Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Go go do it. You get a good mix of nerd content and music and on all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. I support it. Yeah, whatever I feel like doing. Absolutely. Sit in my car and talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, well, uh, thank you for joining us for this. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thanks Great for having episode. me. The, it, it's a good time. And uh, it's always good to talk about nerd stuff like this. And, and you know, but thanks for giving me the homework of watching some Next Generation. I've, I've, uh, I'm not as familiar with it as I should be. And I think I'm going to get back into watching it now that I've got to. I've got the Paramount streaming service and they have, they have everything. It's yeah. Really yeah. I think they're, they're consolidating where, cause I think a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff is leaving like Amazon too uh, soon. So I think it's just, it's just going to be on, on Paramount. Yeah. TNG yeah. and DS nine are on Netflix. And then as soon as those contracts expire pretty soon, everything's going to go to Paramount. Yeah. I know sure. yeah. Amazon primes what I've been watching it on and that ends on the first. Yep. So Oh, yeah. here, like, here let, me watch the next, let me watch, watch the next two seasons in four days. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, but, but I'm glad too, though, because it's, it's always funny when we talk to some, or when we talk to different Star Trek fans, you know, everyone kind of has like their, maybe one show that they've, that's what they grew up on or like, that's their favorite or like whatever they're watching. Um, so it's always fun when you can talk to us, to an existing Star Trek fan and go, Hey, check this out. And they go, Oh, well, I haven't tried that Star Trek. Let me try that and see what if you like that or not so it's like there's always i mean there's all there's over 800 hours of star trek so like you can find new stuff almost anywhere crazy yeah right on um well that's uh it for us i guess david why don't you do our spiel and then we'll be out of here Alrighty, uh, check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com where we got links to all of our social media sites. Uh, you can fi- see our smiling faces in the Meet the Nerds section. You can get a t-shirt or something at Cafe Press uh, with our logo on it. And then whenever you are done posing as a Frenchman, you can give us a five-star rating as a review and we'll read it out over the air. Yay. Awesome. That's it for us, everyone. Thank you so much for listening uh, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. See ya. See ya.